dropping reimbursement for general surgical procedures and increased everyday expenses. These issues combine to make the viability of a general surgery practice a more difficult proposition. What if this disturbing trend continues? Could medicine really withstand the loss of a general surgeon altogether? You are listening to ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I am your host, Dr. Mark Nolan Hill, Professor of Surgery and Practicing General Surgeon. Our guest is Dr. Dana Christian Lynch, Associate Professor of Surgery at the University of Washington School of Medicine and Practicing General Surgeon. Dr. Lynch is the lead author of research published by the Archives of Surgery on the National Shortage of General Surgeons. Welcome, Dr. Lynch. Thank you for having me. We are discussing a hypothetical future without general surgeons. Dr. Lynch, is this possible? Of course, as general surgeons, we like to think not, but history shows that things change. I had an interesting conversation recently with a friend of mine who spent the early part of his career as a family practitioner in a remote area and now holds a position of high medical administration and research responsibility. And we were talking about a joint research project, and he asked about this paper on general surgery workforce, which I had published, which documented a 25% decline in number of general surgeons per 100,000 population. And we talked a little bit about the future of general surgery. And he said, you know, our medical school department for years has made great efforts to hype and promote family practice and emphasized its importance. But he said it's hard to attract medical students in many cases to go into family practice because the hours are long and the remuneration is significantly less than other areas of medical endeavor. If you look at a lot of more remote areas of this country, many even not so remote, uh, primary care physicians are being replaced by nurse practitioners and PAs. He said maybe the same thing will happen with general surgeons. Maybe they will be replaced by physician extenders or ancillary personnel. I mentioned that somewhat in our paper because that's what other people have suggested. I don't think that's possible. There's no PA or nurse practitioner who can offer the full range of general surgical services. The training is in no way equivalent. So what will happen? In rural areas, I don't think presently there is any substitute for the well-trained general surgeon who provides most of the surgical trauma, critical care services in those areas, and often, by the way, contributes a good deal to making the hospital financially viable because there's good literature to support the fact that provision of surgical services is profitable. And often, once they lose their surgeons, the small hospitals go under, and that's not only a crisis for the community in terms of provision of health care, but it often removes a large employer. But on the other hand, for the demographic reasons which I cited in our paper and because of the perceived poor lifestyle of the rural general surgeon with being on call very frequently and having difficulty getting coverage for the practice to go on vacation or go to meetings, it's very hard for a lot of rural general surgeons to recruit partners. The question is, will they be replaced and what happens if um, there are more and more communities without a general surgeon? I don't think unless there's a sudden liberalization of laws and American Board of Surgery rules to let a lot of 
foreign trained surgeons into this country, that there's a real substitute for a general surgeon. That means that more and more communities are going to have to be flying or driving patients with acute surgical care problems out to urban centers for their care, uh, much like happens in, say, countries like Australia, where you have a vast territory and uh, people living in isolated circumstances. And, you know, that that is not only expensive, but probably not ideal. And we already know that in terms of trauma, that living in a rural location puts you at increased chance of mortality, and particularly if you don't have a well-trained general surgeon nearby. As far as urban areas go, a lot of what was the traditional turf of general surgeons has been divvied up, and you have people who do minimally invasive surgery, you have people who do breast surgery, you have people who do colorectal surgery, you have people who do endocrine or hepatic surgery. Will that really spell the death knell of the general surgeon? Hard to say. There'll still be the necessity for provision of emergency general surgical services, such as the person who rolls in with uh, perforated diverticulitis, perforated ulcer, appendicitis, necrotizing fasciitis, abscesses in the middle of the night. Who's going to take that, if not the general surgeon? Perhaps the surgical hospitalist, a growing phenomenon. It's somebody who is trained in general surgery, who covers a shift and takes care of all the acute surgical emergencies. Maybe they will be the only last, quote-unquote, general surgeon available in urban areas. It's uh, hard to say how things will unfold. If you have just joined us, you're listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM157. I am your host, Dr. Mark Nolan Hill, and our guest is Dr. Dana Christian Lynch, Associate Professor of Surgery at the University of Washington School of Medicine and a practicing general surgeon. We are discussing a hypothetical future without general surgeons. Dr. Lynch, when I was in medical school, during the first few days, all of the faculty asked the students, well, what are you going to do when you finish medical school? And there were a variety of answers, and some said, well, we're going to stay in the city, and some said, well, I'm going to go back to the small town I came from and help out there. And when we finished medical school, they had the same discussion and asked us the same question. And it was remarkable, the percentage of graduates who said, well, we really want to stay in the city and we really want to be in the urban areas. When we talk about a shortage of general surgeons, are we talking a real number shortage, absolutely, or is it just a male distribution from the city compared to the rural? Well, again, our paper documents a 25% decline in the number of general surgeons relative to 100,000 population. It doesn't document inadequacy or shortfall in general surgical services. But, again, there's lots of reports in the literature about problems with provision of at least emergency general surgery services in urban emergency rooms because of people being less willing to cover general surgical call, either because they feel that they want to restrict their area of practice or they don't feel qualified or they don't feel that they're being paid for it or they don't like the perceived litigation exposure. So there's many reasons. As far as provision of general surgical services in rural areas, the number of general surgeons in rural areas per 100,000 people is much less 
in general around four per hundred thousand and sometimes as low as two per hundred thousand as the average in rural areas, which varies between five and seven per hundred thousand. And then, especially in the American West, you have issues of geography, so it might be hundreds of miles until you reach the next general surgeon. So there's fewer on the ground out there, and it's harder for those general surgeons in rural areas who are, as our paper showed, tend to be older, closer to retirement, tend to be predominantly male in an era where over half of medical students are female and an increasing proportion of general surgeons are female. It's harder for those surgeons out there to recruit replacements because of perceived poor lifestyle, more frequent call, harder to get away for vacations, uh, harder to get away for continuing education, and in some cases, poor reimbursement. One thing I'd like to say about your question, though, is I, I think it does show something because most general surgery training takes place in urban, highly subspecialized settings. It makes it less likely that people are going to all of a sudden choose to go to more rural areas. I think it would help rural areas if some effort was made to include some training opportunities in rural settings and programs such as Oregon Health Sciences, Cooperstown in New York, and others have rotations and or fellowships or tracks where people interested in rural surgery do a lot of their training in that setting and learn what it's about and what it takes to be successful and if it is attractive to them. Now, being in a city myself, uh, a big city, on the hospitals that I'm on staff at, there is a plethora of general surgeons. I mean, there's no question that if every general surgeon said that they'd be happy to take general surgery or trauma call, they'd have more than they needed. But you look at the uh, rural situation and, and out in the country in these small hospitals where they really need surgeons, what are those hospitals going to do? What's the viability of those hospitals if they just can't get general surgeons? I want you to look into your crystal ball and tell me what you think you'll see for general surgeons, let's say, five, ten years down the line? I think in rural areas, you're going to see more and more of an effort for programs to train and prepare people for rural surgery by giving them rotations out or a rural track or rural fellowship to prepare them to do that breadth of surgery, to give them the business training to run a small business. I think hospitals will have to make And perhaps the government, if they want to keep people in those areas, will have to make more financial concessions to provide guaranteed locum tenants so that those surgeons can get time away from their practice for recreation and continuing medical education. In urban areas, I think that you'll see more and more hospitalists. You're going to see more surgical hospitalists probably to cover emergency room call and or hospitals remunerating general surgeons in order to get them to cover emergency room call. And I think probably general surgery training will morph into being more of a GI surgeon. I want to thank our guest, Dr. Dana Christian Lynch. We have been discussing a hypothetical future without general surgeons. I'm Dr. Mark Nolan Hill. And you have been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. Be sure to visit our website at ReachMD.com, featuring on-demand podcasts of our entire library. For comments and questions, please call us toll-free at 888-MD-XM157. And thank you for listening.